2: Welcome everyone to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope you guys all had a great 4th of July weekend, long weekend, a lot of people with time off. If you missed last week's episode because you were enjoying the 4th, we had Joe Buck from Fox Sports on. So you can check that out in the archives. Uh, Two weeks ago, Seth Rollins from the WWE was tremendous on the SI Media Podcast. And uh, three weeks ago, Scott Van Pelt from ESPN as well. All good interviews, Joe Buck, Seth Rollins, Scott Van Pelt from the past three weeks. So dip into the archives if you missed any of those. Give us a uh, download, a review, rate it, all those good things. On this week's show, we have Ramona Shelburne from ESPN to talk about all of the NBA free agent madness. The Paul George trade to the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard recruiting him. Ramona wrote a great story on ESPN.com about that. And we get into the whole reporting and how reporters get it wrong, how reporters get it right, um, how you break news. Uh, Ramona really goes into good details. How she found out about the Paul George trade uh, and and issues she's had with Kawhi Leonard and his camp and how that made her job a little bit tough over the past couple of weeks. So it was really good stuff there. So uh, we won't waste any more time. And we'll get right now to Ramona Shelburne of ESPN. All right. Joining me now ESPN senior writer, also you see her all over ESPN TV on all the NBA shows. Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, how are you? What's going on? Are you are you recovered yet from free agency, or you still uh, still need some rest?
3: You know what? I think I am. I mean, there's no such thing as recovery, right? Because like it's just the NBA season is just you know it's still going. Right. It's right. Kind of like this endless summer, um, and you you can't really relax, but um, I. I felt like after Kawhi Leonard chose to go to the Clippers and the Paul George trade went through, like the 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 need for me to sleep with the phone right next <laughs> to my face. Right. And you know, went away. Right? right. Like I could probably like, you know, sleep a little longer and not sweat every text message that came in or felt like I had to get up at, you know, and be texting people at five in the morning and just checking in. Like I, I sort of like reflexively wake up, which is, you know, normal, I guess, because I have a little nine month old baby too. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, between like text messages on free agency and him waking up, he mostly sleeps at the night now, but it's between those two things. It's <laughs> like it, kind of in this constant yeah. state of hypervigilance. <laughs>
2: so. And of course the Kawhi thing happened at two o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. So um, so much oh, for, for me
3: it was 11 it yeah, was fine like yeah. I was out here in LA and like you know they I I kind of had a sense starting about 8 o'clock that night so I want to say like 2 or 3 hours earlier I had gotten a call from somebody saying the Clippers were trying really hard to get a second star and it was just we were in the business of trying to confirm that for the last couple hours right, right. Was, you
4: know,
3: so, I, so I had a sense this was coming and frankly I was just kind of relieved because like once that was done I was you know, able to, like I, I think I stayed up that, the whole night and wrote, but right. like at least, at least that was off the board. It's always better when you have clarity.
2: Well, you wrote that that great piece, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this week about how Kawhi sort of got Paul George to come with him to the to the Clippers. But before we get into all the specifics and the players and KD and all that, mm-hmm. I, I am curious a little bit about the reporting end of it because it this was a wild, wild free agency season with so many big names yeah. on the board. And I'm just curious, when the stakes are as high as they were the past few weeks, um, you know, it's such a it's such a cliche and sort of tired phrase since Twitter's been around. But there's a lot of uh, people who um, are more interested in being first than being right, and then you have the people who want to be right and aren't as concerned about being first. And we saw a lot of wild reporting. Uh, when the stakes are this high, the past couple of weeks. Are you extra careful? I, I mean, you're always going to be careful reporting news as a journalist. But is it ever difficult to not get caught up in trying to put something out there? Uh, how, do, how does totally. that whole process I mean, do You go know down? how
3: many like hits I had to do, or like as a reporter. I mean, I'm literally my job is to give you information, and I don't have any. That's that's terrible. That right.
4: sucks,
3: <laughs> right? And for several days, all I can do is give you context. I can give you kind of what I'm hearing, but a lot of the stuff I was hearing, I mean, like to be, to be fair. And I think I've said this on air is, you know, I don't get to guess, I don't get to predict, I don't get to, you know, speculate on where he might go based on, you know, six little hot little rumors that I was trying to chase down every night. I mean, there was, there, you know, I had heard the, the the idea of Kawhi talking to Paul George, I'd heard about it earlier in the week, but, for me to report that, for me, Ramona Shelburne, who works for ESPN, to like put a story out there, that takes two or three sources, you know, two or three confirmations. And we actually had heard about the about Kau- about Kawhi recruiting Kevin Durant before free agency started, and I needed Adrian Wojnarowski to help me confirm it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, you know, you don't go with something like that based on third-hand knowledge or third-hand source because i don't get to be wrong right like you don't get to say you know well this is is, right you you can be you can say here's what i think is happening
2: well you can be Um, wrong you just put your credibility on the line
3: right i mean and and the thing is is like as a reporter like it's it's like against your dna to be able to, to to have to say i really don't know Right. But the the truth is, I really didn't know. I mean, none of us really knew we were seeing all the same tea leaves and we would hear stuff behind the scenes. But I mean, I, if you'd see our text message chains, you know, being in Woj and Windhorse and Zach Lowe and we're all talking all the time. And it was like, you know, every night it was some new team that seemed like they were in the lead. And, right. and, and it was uh, the reason why it was so hard is that Kawhi Leonard um, kept his circle so tight. And the teams involved, who you would normally get information from, or um, were basically sworn to secrecy if they wanted to still have a chance at him. There was there was just like this understanding that amongst those teams that if any information about their meetings with him leaked, that it would hurt their chances. That he would see as as a failure of trust. And so so that's out. And then Kawhi Leonard has a uh, a really tight, tight circle and you know, none of us specifically were close. And I, you know, I'll I'll point this out and I I don't mind talking about it, but I I had done a a story on Kawhi Leonard, um, a pretty extensive story the year before when everything was falling apart in San Antonio, Mm. where I really had to get in to his business and to his circle. And I, you know, I got to know all the people in his circle and I wrote what I thought was a very fair and balanced story, but um, in their view, or at least um, they, you know, they they didn't want to deal with me specifically after that, and not like I betrayed anything. But I, you know, sometimes the truth doesn't always sit well, right? And and your version of the truth doesn't sit well. And they they weren't interested in really playing a part in that. And you know, some of the things I wrote were probably not um, fun for them to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, about his agent Mitch Frankel had some financial issues and had to partner up with a whole um, different set of financial advisors in New York and. Um, that's fun to read about yourself, right? (laughs) Um, Uncle Dennis Robertson, who is uh, Kawhi's main advisor and who's very close, like, you know, he's not a popular person around the league, especially not with the Spurs, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not fun to read that. Although all I can do as a reporter is talk to everyone and and report both sides and give everyone a chance to respond, which I felt like I did. I felt like it was fair. But, you know, you make this there's a there's a gamble that you have right there's a there's a you, you write that kind of story and then later on if people don't want to get into the transactional stuff with you yeah that's that's the price you pay yeah. but I do have a lot of context and so I can report the
2: context so so it, so it was difficult for you then to get kawaii information over the past few weeks, because of what you wrote last year, or were you still able to? Yeah, yeah. And
4: I
3: think I think that's fair. And, and it but, but it wasn't difficult to get Kauai information. It was difficult to get it from from the two or three people in Kauai's camp mm-hmm. who would be divulging that information. So, and I, I think it was difficult for everyone, right? Like, not many reporters have a relationship with Mitch Frankel or Dennis Robinson. Just just a few, and, and I think it was fairly obvious. Um, And just the way everyone reported on that story, there wasn't wasn't a lot of information coming out of of his
2: camp. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things about this, and I I don't want to put you in an Mm -hmm. awkward position to talk about (laughs) people on other networks. So, I mean, I'll sort of say what I want to say and then you can handle it. But I, I don't consider Chris Carter a reporter in any way, shape or form. But he was going out there with all this quiet information that people thought was accurate because I guess they have the same agent or same something they have some connection and then so he
3: said on air he was the same agent mitch Frankel was his agent when right. he was a football player so he, that, that's that's sort of publicly out there he's he's acknowledged that but you know i i also i try not to guess at other reporters sources in the sense, and not because i not because i think um it's i one i don't think it's fair to do but two oftentimes people are wrong like you you know a lot of times people try to guess at my sources right. and it, I always laugh because like they, they just assume things and they right. know who you've written stories. About. But a lot of times it's, it's not what you think. Um, and it's also just like, you have to understand, like what you say, he's not typically regarded as an NBA insider. He's a hall of fame and NFL player. He's a, I think he does a pretty good job on, on, on the show with Nick Wright. Um, and it was fine. I mean, it was, you know, that, that he was going with the information he had. And I, I think you take it for what it is. You, you know, that, his the standard that he would have to report something is going to be different than the standard that I would have and that's not to say anything badly about him but it's not written it's not um it's it's not it's different when you say it than when you write it okay it's different when you um are seen as an NBA insider who is job like we can't go with one source right? right you have to go with two or three or four sources right um as much as you can you have to get both sides so I don't you know, it doesn't doesn't mean that anything. I don't, I don't. I don't. actually think anything that was reported by Chris or um, some of the people who were getting information from Kauai's camp was wrong. Well, I, that was I, I my. Really don't. That was where I, I think was. The stuff that was wrong was the internet
2: stuff. Right. Well, but that, that's sort of where I was going is. Yeah. With Carter having the same agent as Kauai, um, mm-hmm. how, how you're in this, you're in it deep. How yep. much of it is agents using reporters? Does that? How often does that happen? Does that happen a lot? A little bit? Does it happen at all? Because to me, it looks like something if you have the same agent, and you're coming out with this information that's completely wrong. I don't think it's unfair to think maybe you're being used for leverage in some way or shape. We don't know if it happened in this specific case, but is the possibility of that would you say is strong, not strong? I, you know,
3: I, I think so, but I don't know if you can necessarily even assume that he was getting everything from Miss Frankel. Right. Um, he he's acknowledged even in some of his tweets that he had a relationship with Dennis Robertson and other people in Kawhi's camp. So it could have been that. And I and if you look at the effect of it, because I think Chris Carter, Chris Broussard, um, who else was was saying um, the Lakers were in the lead. There's a, there was another reporter I can't remember. Well, Chris Broussard, so Laker, said, it was Lakers, Lakers, Lakers yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, but all of their statements were fairly well hedged. And so I think that's what's hard about a free agency like this is that we get in position where we have to report what somebody's thinking but it's always sourced and right. then you kind of get hung out to dry if they change their they change their mind or if something else happens and I don't know that anybody was I, I what I would say is I, I don't think Chris Prasad or Chris Carter or any of the any of the reporters who or people on were talking about this story I don't know that they were wrong I think they were really talking to somebody and they really had information there I just don't think anybody was reporting on the the prospect of Paul George right. and i think that because that because they have a different like i probably would have gone with it if i had something really strong straight from that you know Kawhi's camp um but i would have i would have hedged maybe a little bit differently but i it's just it's hard because like it changed right he right. recruited paul george and then they had to pull off that trade i mean well, that wasn't that, but things changed and that's why i think it's always so important to remember in free agency that we report minute by minute, but things can change in a second.
5: Yeah, I mean,
2: that's oh. sort of my point with, because Chris Broussard tweeted, the Clippers are out. And then he signs with the Clippers. Yeah. And I don't know how you recover. I'm I mean, For me, personally, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think most fans don't care. We're sort of in it. So we come at it from a yeah. different perspective. For me, that's a hard one to recover one, for, recover from.
3: Yeah, you know, he did a really good job though in putting out a, a video, of owning it, right? <laughs> like, you know, same thing. Jalen Rose said 99% Toronto. I mean, right. it's a good thing he gave him the one percent, right? But, but that's why it's really hard because we have a daily ecosystem of shows that wants information. They're ravenous for it, and it's like, if you, and that's your, literally your job is to opine and give right. and and give opinions. But there's a difference between opinion and reporting, and I think that's what this story got. Um, that's where the story got really, uh, complicated, tricky for everybody involved. And, and I, and I hate to do this because I think it, um, it's like giving people a platform that are just looking for a platform and trying to get attention. But there was, I mean, do you remember the day that Kawhi to the Lakers was trending on Twitter because some random Reddit (laughs) poster (laughs) who people think was Jeannie Buss' nephew and totally wasn't, by the way, um, Right. Um, Like reported it very strongly, and then there's some kid at USC who, you know, has just been going strong with information. The whole, I mean, there's like four or five like Twitter and Reddit reporters who were going strong with information. People's like desire to believe right. anyone and everyone <laughs> who claims to have information is so. It's just that was just fascinating to me. It, I mean, it was literally trending in the United States. Kawhi to the Lakers. Yeah, because well, some Reddit guy.
2: I, but I think that's also part. I think people enjoy the sort of irony of a guy on a reddit trying to break that story so i think that helps get it trending too because
3: well i'll tell you that it's humorous it's people but uh, there's people in the league who were like wondering if this these people actually had information like i know that a lot of teens, right. teams agents etc like started kind of looking into who these people were like they got attention and there's i don't know what that says about us as a society but i hope it means that we're all more willing to go back to traditional reporting and just say and be like it's okay to say i don't know it's okay to say
4: you know
3: here's what i can tell you well like everyone involved who would give us this information is trying not to
2: yeah but like you said now with so many tv shows so many networks out there Mm -hmm. people doing shows on the internet i I, I don't I, i don't know how you go back. i agree with you it'd be nice to go back i don't know how you do it now because there's just so many like you said, everyone's everyone gets paid now to opine, basically. So it's hard to do that yeah. because of the way the media is. I'm curious, though. It, it the great sort of. I mean, we're talking about how everyone was guessing and people didn't know what was going on and getting in. There was all these leaks and all this stuff. But you, obviously, you wrote the great story on ESPN.com after Kawhi um, and Paul George went to the Clippers. The story you wrote was titled "How Kawhi Pulled Paul George Away from OKC." If you haven't read it, check it out. And meanwhile, that was kept like uh, Kawhi recruiting Paul George somehow didn't leak and was kept a secret until it became public. How did that stay so? How did that not get leaked? Is it because Kawhi's so, uh, camp is so tight? Yeah.
3: I heard about this, um, I want to say it was like Tuesday night, and it was like a third hand kind of thing. And. To write something like that, the burden of being able to report—I mean, you can't report a third-hand source. You right. just can't. You right. have to go straight to either Kawhi Leonard. You have to go straight to somebody close to him who would know. You have to go somebody go straight to somebody close to Paul George, which, of course, we did, and all of those people denied it. All of those people said they hadn't heard that, right. and which is their right—they can deny it. They can, you know, and, and and I don't I don't trade in the business of hey, I heard about this from a third-hand source and these people all denied it. Like, that's, you know, because now it's <laughs> just, that's, yeah. not a, that's not how you report right, a story. Right. Like, all the aggregators, everything will just run with the story of like, hey, Kawhi recruitable. I honestly, until the Clippers made that final push to go get him, I wasn't sure if it was right. I mean, I it was just, I heard, a, I heard 17 things like that throughout this, right? So there was a lot of stuff that you heard and you were trying to vet, but everybody involved and I think it makes sense, right, that Paul George and, and the Thunder and all this, that that would have been kept as quiet as it would have. You know, that it was so hard to get that information out of them and confirm because they have a vested interest in denying that. Right. Okay? They, You know, and, and, and people do that. They, they, they shoot you, They shoo you away. I, I, I don't like it when they do that. And, and, <laughs> and it's, there's a way of doing it where you can you can not be helpful, but you also don't lie. So yeah. I would say it was more like that. Um, people were not helpful, but they also sp- didn't specifically lie about it. Okay, so, it- so when you go back and you read exactly how they answered your question, it was like, oh, okay,
4: <laughs> like, right.
3: I guess you could say <laughs> you haven't heard. <laughs> but but you know you you just can't like so I think a couple of us were aware of that possibility, but there was also seventeen other things right. that we were you know trying to chase down, and like it's just irresponsible to report unless you can get confirmations, and everybody's. You know, if they, they don't have to confirm it for you. I mean, unless you can find, but you know, you try three or four other people, but it's really
2: hard. So j- just out of curiosity, how did you, one of the top reporters in the country, MBA, how did you find out and when did you find out this was actually going down?
3: That Oh, you mean that the trade was really going to happen? Yeah, like Paul George um, was traded. I and I got then, a call. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think I got a, um, I had heard about this possibility of, you know, Kawhi and Paul George talking to each other. Uh, I want to say it was like Tuesday night, but like then he, it was the same day he had met with the Lakers. And again, we couldn't even confirm that these meetings happened do, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like nobody would even confirm right. that, this, that the, we, we heard that the meeting was Monday night with the Clippers and we heard it was at Doc's house, but nobody who was in that room and was in position to confirm it would. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was out there, but it was just like, in other words, really hard to confirm in the traditional journalistic way. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I think you just have to stick to your standards and you just report what you, what you feel comfortable and what you actually can confirm. So that was like Tuesday night, maybe I tried, then he flew to Toronto on Wednesday. Um, Thursday was the fourth. And then I think by Friday evening, um, I heard something like pretty late Pretty late, mm-hmm. that it's again very, you know, third hand kind of source that it, it you know, the, the Clippers were trying to pull something together. But it was like late, like I want to say it was eight o'clock at night, uh, Friday night Pacific. So the trade finally comes out around 11.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and it, it just, you know, Woj was all over it, obviously. Right. You know, Woj, uh, I think I, I yeah, I, I usually check in with him and, um, you know, he he was all over it and had it, you know, like nailed, right? Just absolutely had it nailed. And right. you have to, um, that's why he's he's just the best, right? He's really plugged in and he's really good at just being all over it. Because, you know, like I say, there's a lot of stuff that you're just constantly chasing down. And when you, hear, like, if I told you the 17 other things that we heard
4: right.
3: <laughs> right? Right. That, that were not true, then... You, you'd have a better sense of it right so, t- um, so when it finally does happen you're like oh yeah okay so yeah we knew about that but we didn't did, did we know? Right. no you, you know about 17 other things that weren't true it's only when it finally comes together and it was so late it was Friday at 8pm and then I think I was on the phone trying to confirm it for a couple hours and then finally you know how it actually started Kawhi's sister who runs his official Kawhi Leonard fan page mm-hmm. just uh, Instagrammed a picture of like the Clipper logo
4: Right,
3: (laughs) right. Like I think that's actually how it first started leaking around. It was a little before eleven o'clock Pacific, Um, and then I saw Chris Haynes had a tweet saying he's gonna he's decided he's gonna pick slippers was almost instantaneously with her Instagram post, and then very shortly afterwards, um, I think Chris Carter had something, and then Woj has had that he had told the other two teams, Um, and then a minute later had the whole Paul George trade, which is uh, pretty incredible. So it's just kind of. I remember just sitting there, going like, "I knew something <laughs> was big was going on," but we just you get stonewalled. That people don't have to tell you,
4: things, right? Of right, course. and they can lie
3: to you at the, especially when things get hot and heavy, you know. And and I, I or they, it's I wouldn't necessarily say lie. They necessarily they they, they just don't respond, <laughs> right? right? Right, or they respond something that kind of throws you off. <laughs> so so
4: it,
3: yeah, it happened. But it, like, I was able to move pretty quickly. Like, I want to say eleven o'clock. I got on the phone with like you know 5 to 10 people between 11 p.m. and uh, let's say close to 1 a.m. Pacific and then I had to turn story real fast and I think I filed by 4 a.m. <laughs> it was like not a, bad, not you know,
4: bad, not a, bad.
3: An hour and a half, 2 hours on the phone yeah. and then 3 hours of writing, filed it, did like a phone interview with like the early morning sports center and then uh talked to my editor and just caught a couple hours
2: of sleep afterwards <laughs> so so when Woj is gonna put out a fun night when woge is gonna put out that tweet about the paul george trade does he sort of does he like send out a text to you you know you mentioned you and zach lowe and uh windhorse or do, or do you find out via twitter he won't give that to you guys is it like a heads up this is coming
3: uh i think i saw the tweet first okay i mean things move really fast you don't have time to like tell everybody right, you right, know right um and I think I saw the tweet, but I, like I said, I had some idea of what was brewing just based on my own sourcing.
2: All right. This episode of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast is sponsored by Zip Recruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com. Slash approach. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but ZipRecruiter does not stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates. So you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H, ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. What um, I, I'm curious. I want to get into um, a couple of other things outside of what's happened with free agency, but there are a couple of um, interesting sort of ripple effects from this, uh, and I'd love your take on yeah. it. Uh, I f- I feel like I could be wrong. Tell me if 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 you think I'm off base on this, but it does seem like there is a um, what's the word I'm looking for. The, it might be strong to say this. I'll say it. it's probably a little stronger than I mean. But the I feel like the vultures are out for the decline of LeBron James. We saw it a little bit last year because the Lakers were a yeah. complete mess. Yeah, and now you're getting all these things. You know, Kawhi didn't want to play with LeBron, and this is this says something about LeBron. Uh, the guy averaged 28 points, eight rebounds, eight assists last year, and people just act like you know he had this crappy season. Um, what would you expect from LeBron this coming season with Anthony Davis there and and now Danny Green? I
3: mean, I think he's been noticeably quiet. Yeah. Usually on with LeBron, you would see him interjecting himself into um, several big conversations of the day. Um, And he really hasn't. Right. Right. I I, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty um, noticeable. And, I I think he's, I mean, I know he's busy. He's filming Space Jam (laughs) out here in LA and he's, you know, hanging out with his kids. So like what you see on social media is always kind of a window into LeBron. Mm -hmm. But this first year, um, you got a lot of criticism and I'm with you on that. I think people have just, you know, been circling the decline for several years. And then he, I mean, they were doing that the last year in Cleveland, right? Even the last two years. And then he just had this unbelievable playoff run. It's like, Oh yeah, LeBron's still the greatest. And it's like, you know what, let's just let things play out, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. let's just watch the man play and appreciate what an incredible basketball player is and how – how impre- I, I think it's incredible that he's maintained this form and this stature in the game up into – he's going to be 35. Right. You, know? I- you don't usually see that, especially for a guy who entered the league after high school.
2: And then you Um, factor in all the playoff appearances. It's like he's played almost 20 seasons, you know, 25 seasons. Yeah, it really is.
3: I mean, you know, I covered the Kobe Bryant decline, right? So Mm -hmm. I've lived through that very recently. um, And I think this was going to be a lot different, actually, because Kobe was here with the Lakers where it's kind of like an old, it's like a marriage, right? Like he was Derek Jeter to Mm -hmm. the Yankees. like, It's okay when he wasn't that good or he couldn't do the things that he used to do because he was still Kobe and he had won five rings here. Um, LeBron doesn't have that equity built up in LA and mm. he didn't really earn much of it last year because the team did so poorly, you know, it was seen as him, you know, he contributed to at least some of the strange chemistry issues with the Anthony Davis talk in the middle of the year right Right. i think there's a couple of things that he did wrong right off the bat that he's gonna have to you know bounce back from which was you know that i know this is like silly but that fake pizza that you know the the thing with the pizza place out here where a lot of fans lined up wanting to see him at the blaze pizza and there was a tweet that kind of made it seem like he was going to show up and then he didn't show up right people didn't like people didn't like that and and um he didn't do a press conference when he first got to la there was this. There was the video of him walking into Staples Center with a you know glass of wine. Like, just wasn't a good look, right. you know. And I think, I think he's savvy enough to realize that. I've noticed him doing a few things this off season. That I thought were really smart. He showed up at Frank Vogel's press conference and just made sure everybody saw him that he was there and hasn't rocked the boat at all on anything. And like, I, I, I thought that was really mature. Like he, I mean, he was literally wearing like a neon outfit. Mm. So like, <laughs> notice me, I am here at Frank Vogel's yeah. press conference. I'm not mad about the Tyron Lu thing. Or, you know, I mean, it was just really good optics. I thought that was really smart. And I thought it was really smart that he stayed quiet. So I think he's been working really hard from uh, the indications that I've gotten from, you know, people around his circle. that uh, He's, He's working hard, and he's going to come back, you know, trying to have you know a year for like a like the revenge kind of year, right? Right. right. Um, and at least you know he's got Anthony Davis to run with and play with, and this going to be a great pairing. But you know he's he never really embraced Los Angeles his first year. Like he was here and he was making movies, but it just it, it the the optics of everything he did were off. Yeah. And they didn't win, and so it just made it all that much worse. But a couple of things have happened since the season were over <laughs> like magic Johnson, just, <laughs> I mean, you know, talk, like he went from being beloved civic icon to like, Oh, somebody take the phone away from magic. Right. Right. <laughs>
2: Don't is that, is that,
3: is Is that the vibe in LA yeah, with Lakers? Really hurt the franchise.
2: Is that the vibe out there in Los Angeles with Lakers fans? Like are they down on magic in LA with the diehard Laker fan oh, as yeah. well? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean like the guy's still always going to be beloved here. He's, he's magic Johnson. He want, he's showtime Lakers. Like he's, he, if he walked into Staples Center on opening night and wanted to sit courtside and talk to the crowd, like they would let him, like yeah. that's how beloved he is. But I think it wasn't a great look for him the way he stepped down, and then the the, the uh, stuff he said about the organization it wasn't a great look. And then he, you know, he has this way of tweeting. Yes, like <laughs> funny, right? That's an, that's an um,
2: understatement.
3: And yeah. You know, yeah, I, w- I would say that he's his his long term cloud is always going to be the same, but in the short term, like his credibility is taken a bit of a hit, right. and so I, I, you know, that was probably good for LeBron,
4: right? Like well, 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 it,
3: it, it, at the end of the year, it was LeBron in the line of fire, and everybody's sort of like taken their 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 spot in the line of fire. First, it was LeBron, and then it was Rich Paul, then it was Jeannie Buss, then it was Rob Polinka, <laughs> and then it was Magic <laughs> Johnson. Like, right. like everybody's had the, the everybody out here is seen a lot of criticism
4: yeah. and
3: you know they got Anthony Davis and I think that that's theoretically the way they turn things around and that's what they were saying to us the whole time which is we're not going to say anything until we win because that's really the only answer right. they can have
5: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com acom forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
6: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today.
2: Well, that's what I didn't get about the take saying about, you know, Kawhi clearly didn't want to play with LeBron. This is an indictment on LeBron when he just recruited Anthony Davis. So I thought that was a bizarre a narrative that was out there with some people. But there is a vibe, I, I get the vibe that there's the, there's the LeBron decline on the court, which I don't think we've seen at all, but there's also this like, I don't know, I don't know if people are tired of him or they want a new sort of uh, regime or I, I, I feel like there's a little too much disrespect for LeBron James. That's just my opinion. I,
3: I've always felt like that. yeah. I mean, this this is a man who has carried the NBA. Oh yeah, and been the standard bearer and been the face of the league willingly and thoughtfully and in a really compelling way where he takes just everybody's best shot all the time for the past 16 years. Yep. I guess. I mean, and, and, you know, I, I, I don't think you people get enough credit for just taking on the circus that is around him. Right. I mean, like Kawhi Leonard actively shuns the circus, but part of, um, Part of the job, part of being the face of the league is dealing with it is promoting the league is you know and, and I, I just think LeBron has handled it almost better than any athlete I've ever seen <laughs> like, I agree. you know Kobe was pretty darn good at it too, but he didn't have the the, the first part of his career there was no social media there's no Twitter right there's no Facebook. Can you imagine shacking Kobe with Twitter?
2: Well, I, I don't want to even bring <laughs> it up or get you know? in, I don't want to bring it up or get into it, but Kobe was very lucky social media wasn't around for a certain part of his career. Just Correct. say that. Just say You're that. Right. And yeah. I
3: think like there's been no superstar who has had his career um covered as deeply or picked apart as LeBron. Like look how well LeBron handles this compared to let's say Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or even I would say Kawhi Leonard. I mean, just because Kawhi doesn't talk doesn't mean he gets a free pass on that. Right. You know, I mean it's and you also, know, we, and he it, speaks on the court, yeah. And because it, of social fair, media, yeah. Part of your job is to promote the league,
2: right? And not to mention the charity work he's done, sending kids to college, opening up yeah. schools, and then people focus on the fact that you know he has an Instagram story where he's you know drinking yeah. wine and you know wearing some weird outfit. I mean, it's it, it it to me, the guy shouldn't be criticized. Period, on off the court, but that's a whole other issue. Let's get, I, I want to. You know what? Here,
3: here's the thing. I, I'll, yeah. I'll say this too, and I think this is something that I've learned over the last year or two. Okay. So I used to, you know, I had a face, I have two Facebook accounts. One is a personal account and one is a professional account. And my professional one, I mostly just like tweet my, you know, put my stories that I write and occasionally some tweets and things like that. And the personal one is supposed to be just like, you know, my friends and family and, uh, you know, some work colleagues and whatever. But, um, you know, the Instagram has always had Always traditionally been a personal thing for me. Like mm-hmm. you just kind of keep, um, you know, you just kind of keep your personal stuff. And then I just, uh, when I had a, when I had my son last year, I, I started opening. I'm sorry, Instagram had always been a, um a professional thing. I could take pictures from games and take pictures from things. And then now I think it's, it's turned into much more of a personal thing. And I, right. I, I you know, I've, I've opened that door up. And I know a lot of us women in the industry like decide if we want to put pictures of our kids or pictures of our personal life, our husbands or whatever. And, um, you know, cause you, you do open yourself and you, people get to know you as a person and off, you know, away from your job. I mean, I, I'll go on my Instagram sometimes, and there's people like, you know, saying really nasty things about me, like the things they would tweet at me, like in a comment that I posted on a baby picture. It's <laughs> crazy. Like, come
4: on, man. Yeah, you know, crazy.
3: but it's like LeBron has, done that almost the whole way like he's invited the world into his life Yep. and that's a i, I don't know I, I i think that's a really brave thing to do i mean i can't imagine the comments he gets on pictures that he does for like taco tuesday right or <laughs> on vacation but he's also like trying to remind you that he's like a real person and he's not just lebron james he's lebron james with a family with a wife with a mom with like friends and he goes to here's his workouts and it's like I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's pretty brave. I think yeah. it's to be and admired because I know what it feels like when you put yourself out there in a way that you haven't before. Right. Um, and I think we'll appreciate him a lot more. Once
2: Absolutely. And and a and a man with a ton of pressure on his shoulders in terms of being a role yeah. model and I, you know the entire city of yeah. Cleveland looked up to. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a it's a much deeper thing than he's just a basketball player. But um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious. Since you're out there in LA, I, me personally, I think the Kyrie KD thing with the Nets, I think, um, will probably not end well and get very ugly because I just think those guys and the and the New York media are not going to mesh at all, uh, especially Kyrie, because you, if you go hide after a loss, it's not you know you, people think it's the Nets and not the Knicks, but it's still the New York media and the Nets are going to get more coverage than the Knicks this year probably. Uh, Do you see any potential problems I mean, the potential
3: for disaster there is high, right? Yes. (laughs) It's it's, it's high. I mean, you just like literally, like, you know, I don't want to make fun of the New York media. I think um, it used to kind of, it's always been turned up a notch in New York, right? Right. Um, And I think other places, quite frankly, are pretty soft. (laughs) Okay, so it makes New York seem a lot rougher. Yep. But um, that is kind of your job. It's just a matter of like, you know, you have to, I I think the same rules for media apply no matter where you are, which is, and this is what I always encourage people to do, like, just talk like a person, okay? Just talk to the media like you're you're a person and they're a person. Because too much of what happens with, um, and this is where things go off the rails in New York, is like a lot of times it's just people are get they get baited into clickbait or they get baited into a negative storyline. But it's also because they don't have, like real relationships where you can like talk and be honest with each other, and so then there's this skepticism and this questioning, and I like, it, well, it doesn't need to be there if you just had a real honest conversation. And I think it's a larger issue, and for media in general, which is just like we've just got like to, like when I first came into the business, like you had all of that. There just wasn't so many damn people all the time, right? right? There right. Was, the locker room was like you you used to have one-on-one relationships. I always remember. I was talking to Lamar Odom. I was like a real little a young reporter in my early 20s. And I was asking him some like, what was a hard question? Was it was just like whatever it was. Like Phil Jackson said, you sucked. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Something like that. And, um, and I was kind of beating around the bush. Like I, I think I asked like two kind of soft y type questions. And then I came with like the, hey, did you hear what Phil said about you kind of thing? Right? right. And Lamar turned and he goes, you know, it was just me and him. It wasn't like a group or anything. It was mm-hmm. just me and him. And he goes, hey, you know what? Just if if you got a hard question to ask, don't don't just come with it. Like you don't have to like butter me up first. Right. You don't have to like, you know, have that whole pre, you know prelude or I, I know what Phil said. Just ask yeah. me the question.
2: Yeah, I like, like that.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, I really appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. you know, was good. And I, I just like that doesn't happen these days. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't that doesn't happen now because there's just too many people in there that don't have experience. that don't know how to talk to people that don't know how to talk to athletes, it's too much skepticism. So I, you know, I don't know how it's going to go with Katie and, and uh, Kyrie in New York. Yeah. Well, um, and in the case, I don't have high hopes in terms of the media situation with those two, right. but I, I, I would say if we could all just learn to talk to each other again, we would be in a much better place.
2: Well, the thing about those two guys too is it's not just a media thing. I mean, you, KD fights with like high school kids on Instagram. You you you're going to get eviscerated in New York if you do that. And and Kyrie Irving, I I, sh, I, I should know who wrote that. I think it was Jackie McMullen who wrote the story up. Not a thousand percent sure. I think it was Jackie about you know after uh-huh. the season ends, the Celtics asked Kyrie to sign. Basketballs for some charity for some, you know Yeah. And he says no. That's now listen, I know Boston is a tough media market. That story comes out in New York. He is going to get absolutely destroyed. It's not gonna be pretty. So you know know. it's not just a media thing. They got weird personalities. Like Like, I mean,
3: look, Boston's a tough media market too. They have like you know, you got Jackie McMullen, she's not afraid of anybody because she's gonna ask real stuff. Um and I, I just think like we need to do a better job of understanding and getting back to what the traditional journalist-athlete relationship was. And, you know, it's our job to ask questions. So it's our job to hold you accountable, to explain yourself, et cetera. Right. And it, but it's also your job to, like, learn how to explain yourself. And I think that we're not doing a good job of preparing players for, like, understanding it. Like, I, you know, nowadays it just seems like you're a hater if you ask something negative. I'm like, no. <laughs> right. you're not a hater. We're just asking a question and we can actually have a conversation about it. If you know, we could create those conditions, but what happens is everything is social media. Like I've even felt it. I mean, I, you know, I, this year, I can't even tell you how many stories I've had where, um, something i said gets misaggregated i mean i was on the jump you know a couple weeks ago and said something about you know, that, you know if the lakers should have made this a priority to change the, the the date the trade went through so they would have max cap space and now they have to and i was reacting to the story that Woj had written about them scrambling to find a trade and somehow i got aggregated to saying the lakers didn't understand it and they had an accounting error i'm like i listen to myself again i never said accounting error right. i never said they didn't understand it just so they didn't make it a priority and they should have, right. but it became reality because it got aggregated that way. And then six other places aggregated it. And then it was like, it's not even what I said. It's like, I, 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 get where the players come from on that that's really frustrating yeah and i sure? and my, and you should have seen my mentions after that i was like i gotta stop checking <laughs> my mentions my god yeah like i already corrected the record once or twice i i tweeted somebody back and said that's not what i said just listen to the video but it didn't matter and so like i i totally get where the players are coming of if anything i i felt it <laughs> right so yeah. like like i feel bad for them and i just, i just hope we can all get back to a place where like we have real human conversations and that's just somehow, some way. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but, you know, in the, in the world we live in.
2: But Yeah, I don't you know, know about that that's, one.
3: That's my frustration because yeah. it really wasn't that long ago that we did.
2: All right. Uh, if you have one second, very quickly, non basketball, because yeah. I'm a big WWE guy. I you, I know you're tired of yeah. Ronda Rousey. Do you think we'll see her in the WWE ever again?
3: Yeah, I do. Okay. I just don't know when. Okay. I think she's going to come back. I think she might even come back in a non-traditional kind of way. Okay. Like she might come back as, as a character, but not actually wrestle. Cause I know she wants to have a family and you know, I don't know how many kids or what the timeline is. I'm right. not exactly getting that deep into that type of reporting. Right, right? Right, right, right. I still talk to Rhonda, but I feel like that's a bit of an invasion you, on, on that kind of stuff. Right, right. But I do think that she still wants to be involved in WWE and it just might be a different way. And one thing I, I would say is like, I don't know if we've covered this enough or talked about this enough, but like as somebody who just went through this with ESPN and my own career, like I just, I just think what the, have the way the WWE handled this is awesome. Like to show that you like, as a, one of their top female stars, you spent a year and a half building can then now go off on maternity leave and nobody's asking questions to make her feel bad. And your, your job's waiting for you if, and when you want to come back, like that's just how it should be. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not that surprising that they would be this good about it. Right. Considering Stephanie McMahon went through this herself and, and, and you know, just write it into the story. Right. Well, that's exactly <laughs> that's, it the right. Script, it's a, it's a perfect
2: awesome. thing to write into the script. Exactly. I, I think, I thank you for uh, coming on. So I enjoy this thoroughly and
4: yeah, try, to, try to get
2: some rest and relax now that the, after Westbrook gets traded, you can chill out for a little bit.
4: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All, All right. right. Thanks, Jim.
2: Thank you. All right. My thanks to Ramona Shelburne. I enjoyed that chat a lot. Good stuff there on reporting and everything that goes into it. As I told you at the top, uh, Joe Buck on last week, if you missed it while celebrating the 4th of July weekend. Two weeks ago, Seth Rollins was on the SI Media Podcast. Three weeks ago, Scott Van Pelt was our guest. So go into the archives, give those a listen if you did not yet do so. And uh, as always, please, if this is your first time listening, subscribe, rate, review. It helps tremendously. And we'll see you next week right here on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. At Bed
0: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.